that spiritual journey together. And uh, if you have it all together, this may not be the best place for you because we all don't have it together for you. But if you don't have it together, we don't either. So you fit right with us. So we're, we're trying to figure it out as we continue to grow in Christ, as we continue to grow together, and as we continue to grow in community. That's what God puts us in community so that we can grow together and challenge one another. So I want to thank you for being here this morning if you're a guest. Thank you for being here. If you're watching online, we appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. It was early one Friday morning, and a husband was getting ready for work. Just before heading out for the day, his beautiful wife was waking up, and she had a big smile on her face. She said, honey, I'll bet you don't know what day it is. Her husband, who was horrible with timekeeping, horrible with getting dates straight in his head, and was notorious for confusing many dates in his head, and for getting special days, he smiled back and his brain just kind of froze. And he said, sweetheart, how could I ever forget? This is a special day for us. Then he quickly walked out the door to work. And the whole time he was at work, he was in a fog. Because he couldn't focus on his work, he kept trying to figure out what special day this was for them. And for the life of me, he just could not figure it out. As if, even if his life was at stake, he couldn't figure it out, which it may well have been if his life was at stake. Was it a birthday? An anniversary? As the day wore on, he became more and more nervous. He did not want to go home to face his wife, and he certainly didn't want to disappoint his wife. So he devised a plan. On his way home, he stopped by the florist. He bought this nice, big, expensive bouquet of flowers and brought them home. And he also made reservations at the fanciest restaurant that they both appreciated. He got uh, a table for two. Uh, there was a Broadway show in town, so we got tickets for Broadway so that they could go see a show together. And he pulled in the driveway, and as he met him at the door, he gave her a big kiss and said, put on that red dress. We're going out tonight celebrate our special day. On the way home, his wife leaned over, and she put her head on his shoulder and said, this was a great evening. And it was. They had a wonderful evening. It was an expensive evening, over $500 probably for all of that that was going on. But he still didn't know what they were celebrating. Then his wife leaned over and said, best groundhog day ever. <laughs> But we know what today is. It's not Groundhog Day. It's Mother's Day. And I'm going to challenge and encourage our moms today because we do want to honor you. Whether you are, you have adopted children, whether you have birthed children, or whether you're a spiritual mother, we want to encourage you. We want to challenge you this morning. So please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to read verses 8 through 10. So if you have your Bibles and want to follow along, that's great. It's also going to be on the screens behind me from the New Living Translation. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. It says, One day Elisha went down to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. 
So she said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time, I'm sure that he is a holy man of God. Let's put a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes back. See, Shunem was a place that Elisha would come regularly because it was kind of a perfect halfway point between his hometown and Mount Carmel. And Mount Carmel was a special place in Elijah's ministry. And in fact, it was probably known that there was a, a group of prophets that met right around Mount Carmel. School of prophets that met there. And many Bible scholars believe that Elisha would take time to seek the Lord's face on Mount Carmel. So Shunem was kind of that halfway point in his travel. And in this town lived this prominent woman. She had she was wealthy. She had means. And she liked the way he talked and the things that he said. She looked at his life and said, this must be a man of God. She paid him one of the greatest compliments that a prophet could get. This is a holy man of God. Now, the term holy man might indicate, you know, you might have something in your mind of some kind of Eastern guru who meditates with his legs crossed, but that's not the kind of, <laughs> the kind of holy man we're talking about here. But this woman meant that she recognized that Elisha was a man who walked with God. So she suggested this to her husband. Let's build a room for him. Let's provide a space for him so when he comes by, he will have a place to stay and eat. And he agreed. So that's what they did. So she was blessed. And now she was blessing a prophet. She was blessed and she was blessing somebody with what she had been blessed with. And so now Elisha gets to the point where he says, well, what can I do for you? You've been so kind. You've been so gentle to me. You've helped me out. You've given me a place to stay. What can I do for you? He appreciated all that they had done for him. Maybe perhaps, you know, he has some ties with the king. Maybe he can give them a good position or, well, a good-paying job. Or maybe a move to Jerusalem would be good for them. Just tell me what you want, Elisha was saying to this, to this woman. But she didn't want any kind of favors. She didn't feel like she needed anything. She didn't care about rubbing shoulders with royalty. She didn't care about having a name for herself. She didn't care about trying to fulfill some kind of selfish ambition. She was content with where she lived and what she had. But Gehazi, Elijah's servant, overheard them talking, this old couple, that they had never had children. And so Gehazi suggested to Elijah, well, maybe, maybe they would want to see. He suggested that maybe Elisha should pray and pray to the Lord and they would have a child, a son. So that's what happened. And they had a son that they loved very dearly. The only son, only child. And if you know the story, if you're following along, you can, of course, read this in 2 Kings 4 for yourself. I'm just kind of going through the big overview here. But one day, when the boy was old enough to be out in the fields with his dad, many scholars think that's around between six and eight years of age, he was running around and helping maybe reap some grain, and of course, as any six or eight-year-old would do, he probably played quite a bit too and ran around. But it was extremely hot. And the heat got to him, and as he was playing, he started to cry about his head. His head was hurting. And the boy's father called for a servant to rush the child home to his mother. To his mother. There his mother did everything she could do to help him as he 
can I do to help my son? What can I do? So that he would get over the sickness. But nothing helps. A few hours later, I think her beloved son, her only child, died in her arms. Heartbroken, the woman took his little body and she laid it in the prophet's Then she ordered a servant to mount the donkey and to prepare to go see Elisha. At, at Mount Carmel, so it's about 30 miles away. And looking down, you know, he was up on the mountain looking down, he saw, <coughs> he saw her approaching. He saw her coming from a distance. And he sent his servant to see what she wanted. But she pushed her way past the servant to the prophet's side where she sobbed and she told her story. To shorten a longer story, Elisha got ready and went with him back to his home. At Shunem, the man of God climbed the steps of the rooftop room where the boy's body lay, and he stretched himself out on him and asked God to let the boy live again. Soon his body, that was cold, began to grow warm. Suddenly the little boy stirred, sneezed seven times, and sat up, and he was alive again. See, in the middle of the Old Testament miracle story, where Elisha prayed over this young man who was once dead, that came back to life, there's a set of questions that I really saw in this story today as we're talking to others. But they're really questions not just applicable to me, but they could be applicable to any of our lives. 2 Kings 4.26, when Elisha sends his servant Second Kings 4.26, he tells her, Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything right with you, your husband, and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi. Everything is fine. So as the woman climbed this steep mountain, he sent a servant to say, Is it all right with you? Is everything right? Everything okay? Is all right? Is everything all right with you? Is everything all right with your is everything all right with your child, with your son? And the answers to those questions are things that we should all be evaluating in our lives as parents, as moms as well. Question number one is, is it all right with you? Is it all right with you? Now you notice, she lies. Is it all right with you? Oh yes, everything's great. Everything is fine. But if she answered honestly, she just said that things were not all right with her. She had just lost her son. She had this grief, this private grief that shattered her world and stole her pride and joy, stole the one son that she had prayed for, but she didn't even ask for him. But God gave the son to her. God gave her the son only to take him away. Where was God in? Had she answered honestly, she would have admitted that she was quite upset with him. Truth be known, things were not well with him, no matter what she said. Second Kings 4.27 says, But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what 
So Elisha knew that something was going on here. But God had not revealed that to him yet. And she's holding on both hands, I'm sure, to those ankles of this prophet. And it causes me to go back to that question. Mom, this is Mother's Day. Is all right with you? Is everything right with you? And I don't want you to give an answer like this one that you should. You give an honest answer. I did not ask how well your career is going, how nice your home is, how much money you have in the bank, or what schools your children attend. I want to know. Things are where it really counts. Are you forgiving me? Are you forgiving yourself? Are you growing as a Christian and living for Jesus? If you're honest, would you have to admit that maybe there's some things in life that just a mess for you? Come all the way to that. And you come in. Remember a day when you were young and you gave your heart to Christ and you were filled with spirits of grace and you walked the altar and you gave your heart to Him. You remember back to that moment when you fully surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. But that was years ago and that was miles away. And you've come a long way from that. And maybe, just maybe, you've gotten in trouble with God's far from God. Maybe the path you chose is far from God. Maybe the bitter disappointment and pain has soured your spirits. Maybe it's hardened your heart. And in your heart, you rage against God, thinking, why this? Why me? Why now? What better day than this to give your heart to God and allow Him to get a fresh break in your life? Touch your hand and say, Can I pray for you? It's an honest day. And this morning, perhaps you're just struggling. You're trying to do the right thing, but things are not turning out the way that you want them to. Maybe you're going through a season of not feeling appreciated for all that you've got. Don't give up. My encouragement to you this morning is don't give up. Keep pressing forward. There will be spiritual battles. I can tell you, and I, I see it, and I've talked to several people even recently. There are spiritual battles in this world. We are fighting a spiritual battle. We are going against the grain. We are not going along with everybody else. And when there's that kind of a spiritual battle, the only way that that battle can be won and fought is on our knees in prayer and desperation for our children and our family. There's no other way to fight this battle. But keep pressing forward and don't give up ground. God is the God of all comfort. He will bring comfort and peace even in the middle of the storm. Even in the middle of the moment. You know, I think of Peter when he began to walk on water. And as long as he kept his eyes focused on Christ, 
came back on water. It was a miracle that was beginning to take, that was taking place as he walked out on water. But when he got his eyes off of Christ, when he got his eyes on the storm and the problems around him, he began to sink. And that's so many of us. That's so many of us right here. This isn't judgment. This is this is life. This is real life, right? This is people living life. We get so so caught up in the storm and the waves and the winds that we don't see Christ in the middle of that. He's there. Maybe you're at the point where you can look back at Christ. Maybe you see all your mistakes. Things you wish you would go back and change. Things you wish you would have done differently. Sometimes when we grieve like a, like a parent with a good background, because our kids are getting older, we grieve like a parent with a good background, and change. All I'm saying is, what we think is best in the moment with the information that we have. Like we, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we make mistakes. It's okay to be about that. But anybody in here would say, I've never made a mistake. But God can forgive and restore you. God can redeem and restore any relationship. Any relationship. Maybe a She would have admitted offense and not welcome any of it. In the years since the birth of their child, her husband seemingly drifted away from the Lord. And apparently he got so wrapped up in his business that he took only casual interest in either the boy or the Lord and gave him it. Clues appear all throughout the story. When his son fell ill in the field, his father thought he was too busy to stop him. his wife asked for a donkey to ride and a servant to go see the prophet Elisha. He complained about it. 2 Kings 4, 20-23 says, So the servant took him home and his mother told him on her lap. But around noon time he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband saying, Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry you to the man of God and come right back. Why go today? He asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. She said, it'll be all right. He was upset that she would even go to the place of God. He could not understand his wife's desire to find a preacher on this day or any other day. Besides, there was a harvest to gather. He could not afford to part at that time. He couldn't part with the donkey or a servant. Some clues there to show you that maybe his heart was a little hard right now. So busy making a life and making a living, he did not have time to make a life. 
her son as well. But she wouldn't confess as she later did that Paul was not well with her child. In fact, he was feeding that he died. Bless me, my Christ. Many a mother fails to realize that what is true physically of this son in the story is also
Across the years and open their lives, spreading to cover grandchildren, even great grandchildren. Question echoes for all children. There's a child serving Jesus in your own life. That they got too far. Have you done your best to encourage a child to do well? And I can tell you the answer.
And this is not about judgment or sin. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge us all to live a life worthy of God. Worthy of the calling that God has placed on our lives. And we can't do that if we continue to live in unrighteousness. This is not about guilt or shame, but about picking up the Change the story of your life. Change the story of your children. When you heard them to your moms, your moms, you often hold a special place in the hearts of your children. It's the key question. Don't give up. And don't give in. And keep praying. And keep believing. And keep declaring. And keep speaking truth in the midst of all the lies. And continue to invite. And continue to love. And continue to care. Notice that's where we started. Is it well with you? Is it well with you? Because you need to be healthy if you're going to lead your family to be healthy. God needs to be working in you before he can work through you. This is what spills over to our families. And God wants to do the work in you today.
pray this morning against the lies of the enemy that would try to make them difficult, that would try to beat them down, that would tell them that they're not good enough, that would tell them that they can't do it. This morning we pray against those lies in Jesus' name. We're believing in Lord God for the salvation of children. We're believing in Lord for the continual work in, in their families and their homes. We're believing for infinitely more in personal lives and we're believing in the lives of their family and infinitely more in this church. So Father, I pray that today would be our battle cry. Today would be the moment that we decide that we're going to stand and we're not going to give up ground. That we recognize that it's a spiritual battle and Lord God that we go to battle for our children and that we see you at work in every one of them, Lord God, today. Give them the strength and fill them with your Holy Spirit. Again, we can't do it, but by your Holy Spirit. We need your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I pray an extra anointing and blessing, and I pray for an extra filling of your Holy Spirit for every woman here in this, in this circle, Lord God, and that you would do a work in them. We thank you for their lives. We thank you for what's represented here. We thank you, Lord God, that you are with us even in the middle of the struggle. And I pray, Father God, when they feel alone, that they would know that you are by their side walking them through the valley of the shadow of death. Lord God, that you are there. You are with them. You comfort them. You guide them. Lead them beside peaceful streams, Lord God. Give them the peace that they need. And I pray, Father, right now, an extra blessing over them today. Continue to do your work in and through them. And Lord, we thank you for them today. We honor them today. We pray all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. 
this moment, I place all of my faith, all of my trust in you alone. I don't hold back. Watching online, and you gave your heart to Christ. Please put it in the comments so I can follow up with you. I would love for that to happen. And uh, I want to also encourage you to download an app called New Version. It's God's Word that you can have right on your phone. And there's a particular group of readings called the First Steps in Obedience. And I encourage you to download that and read it every day for the next 90 days. And with this, uh, again, let's all stand together this morning. Pray. Mother's Day, everyone, make sure you get your